And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, when The Bad Batch is on a supply run, they run into a particular bounty hunter. There will be... Play the music, Chris. Because Darth Buggles is... <laughs> I tend. I, I want to do for Darth Buggles. I, I'll, I'll see if I can do it. I don't know, but I'd like to do a version of the. You know the. You know the. Well, you're hearing it. The Darth music, but I'd like to do one that's just an extended. Oh. Oh, that'd be really cute. That would anyway. be more the Darth Bug- Buggles theme. We are talking about the Bad Batch episode four cornered this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. I'm Remember what I before we started? I told you I didn't. Nothing happened this week. <clears throat> I lied. You, what happened? I, I I got some books in the mail. Oh, <gasps> you did get some books in the mail. The first one. The first one is not of Star Wars related. It was a book on backward masking. You know the backwards lyrics and songs or playing songs backwards it's a christian book you know talking about devil stuff and in music but it's not only rock music it has country music too so i'm dying to find out what the backwards messages in country music are and because they always go after rock and roll and it looks like they are in this book too but it's got a whole section on country music and i'm just like ooh, this should be fun but what i got are i am I had had, I probably talked about this too before. I'd had gotten a, a, they call it, Disney has their own verse. Sorry, my, my pop filter felt out, fell out. So you might hear some clunking around as I put it back on. Disney has a version of a photo novel and they call it a Sinistory comic. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a photo novel. You know, it's a, it's series of stills from, from a show with word balloons and in text and stuff. And uh, I found out from one of our, I think it was Alan Leach. One of our listeners had gotten a hardcover copy of Star Wars. And I'm like, that exists because I'd had, I have the first, you know, episodes one through six in photo novel form from Dark Horse and they're monstrosities. They're horrible. They're sort of like Reader's Digest versions. And the, the layout is, ugly and horrible and in but the star wars one that that disney did the sinistory one for one it's 400 pages long whoa like a phone book type thing and it's a it's a soft cover it's just a little smaller size than a comic book and i'd had one earlier of um um that pixar movie inside and it's and it's really cool it's kind of on thicker thicker not quite cardboard like uh, with a with a really dull matte surface, almost like uh, somewhere between newsprint and cardboard. And the Star Wars one is just gorgeous. They like thought, of, you know, there was thought put into it. 
And as you read it, it flows like the movie. And they also, since everybody in the world sort of has Star Wars memorized, like all the sound effects and stuff, the way they put the sound effects and stuff makes it flow like the movie, you know, and it's got all the dialogue. So it's just a complete, it's, it's beautiful. But what I wanted to tell you about Mm-hmm. And and you can find these. I got all of these for like five dollars with no shipping. They're all over on 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 the eBay. Um, Star Wars Rebel Mall Sinistory comic. Yeah, you sent me a couple pictures of those. And it, it consists of uh, Twilight of the Apprentice, which is a mm-hmm. double episode. So it takes up um, the Holocrons of Fate, Visions and Voices, and Twin Sons. So pretty much, you know, like the, the three mall, big mall, the mall stuff from the three it, big mall episodes. It's yeah, it's generally mall's arc through through rebels, and uh, um, boy, oh, boy, Bendu's in it. Um, but it is beautiful. It's sort of the same as the Star Wars one. It's just very nicely laid out and stuff, but the stills. From rebels mm-hmm. with the bright color, bright you know, bright colors, but it, there's a lot of dark and muted stuff because it's mall stories. And, but the the way the animation looks on this matte paper with the you know dark colors and bright color, it looks like just a series of beautiful paintings, and often Ralph Macquarie paintings. So it it, ta- it takes on way more illustrated painting quality than frames from the film, but it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful. I highly recommend it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and there's the pitch- I, there's two more rebels ones. And yeah, uh, like the the pictures that you sent me like were like really cool looking. Yeah, I tried to find some good un- good ones. I mean, you got Darth Vader coming down on uh, his Tie Fighter and stuff. You know, that I was just like, some so, there's all, and I think I sent the one with you know with Vader That's with okay. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's beautiful, and it's just one of those. If I was a kid, I would have worn out these books because they're 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 great because they're big thick phone book things, so they're just like oh, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So cool. And you didn't really spend that much on them either. No, they were they're they're five five less between three ninety nine and like four ninety nine. I spent on, and I've got I the only I've got another one coming that I spent six dollars on, but that's uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, which has got to look really cool too, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I I've been looking through the Cine stories, and they're definitely aimed towards children and they're definitely aimed towards girls because the majority of them are like Disney princessy style TV shows that I haven't heard of. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, then the occasion, apparently there's an empire and a Jedi one too, but I haven't seen those yet. But when I do, I will. And you said a new hope one was like 400 pages. Yeah. They're all like 400 pages. Dang. That's so cool, though. Like, really, guys, you should Google it. Like, the pictures that Chris sent me are, like, really nice. Yeah, you can go to the Two True Freaks Cantina. I have a post up up there. You just have to do a little scrolling. 
Mm-hmm. It's been a couple weeks. Not a super huge amount of scrolling. There is a search bar. Uh, so you could be able to like click on it and just be like, let's go. So. Anyway, well, how was your week? I was pretty, oh, it was very busy. Um, both Amphibia and Owl House are back right now for the waffles. So just writing two posts like r- as fast as I can. So, and then I've been just kind of like stress writing and writing a lot of fanfic and stuff like that. So it's a pretty, pretty normal week. So I'm getting ready for 221BCon. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be either the week of or the week before 221BCon. And I get to see Ooh. our Zoom. We're going to have fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Got to make a PowerPoint. Tell Arzu if she ever comes to Rochester, I've got a big, big container full of, of Canadian change that I've just been throwing in there and I have nothing to do with. And if she, wa- <laughs> if she wants to do a cash exchange, my roommate has a lot of Canadian paper money from when she was on tour and had to go to Canada so we could exchange her in and out of <laughs> American to Canadian there should be something like along like the border that would you. Can yeah, there are, exchange. there are, but but she should come hang out with us. <laughs> well, what did you think of Cornered? I like this one a lot. I like this one too. It's it's a lot of fun, and there's like it's not as like I wouldn't say it's as meaty as the last one, but I like a lot of the character stuff in this one. Oh fuck, I forgot to write a Yoda question. Well, we'll figure out Yoda when we get there. <laughs> But, Cross yeah. that mossy bridge when we get there. I I thought this I, I I remember why I didn't write one right away because I thought this was the one where they ate the um treats for the first time, but I think it's actually like the next one or the one after that. Oh um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, that's like the, it's, it's little, when they get to when they when they get to uh Sid, I think I is can, her name. Yeah, Rhea Perlman. That's it. The Rhea Perlman's character. It's when they get to her bar. Yeah, and they were like eating, and I thought it was this episode. So I was going to write something like, Chris, do you think we should give like Yoda Kit Kats? He's going to want like frog flavored Kit Kats, blah, blah, blah. So, Frenchy uh, Frog. Yeah. So I, I, and then I just never wrote a question. So I'm so good at podcasting. Anyway, you ready to get into this? I am. What if we just ignore Yoda? What do you think he'll do? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see when we get there. All right. He's already an attention hog, so it's like, hmm. (laughs) He starts poking us with sticks on the back of the head, just like, notice me, witness me. He has the force. It's really scary. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody's listening, but it's been sort of a hostage situation for the last few years. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least he lives well, with you. All I can really say about it. <laughs> I mean, he lives with you. He doesn't live with me. I'm free. I just have to check in on you once a week to make sure you're still alive on me, Honeywell. All right, you ready? Hope the Force knows no bounds of time and space, Hope. Well, luckily, I, I've i known you long enough that I know if you start talking weird, that it's your call for help. Mm, a headache you have? Actually, I do. Oh, God. Oh, oh God, I do. He just poked his head out there, see? Oh, Send oh. help. <laughs> okay. <sighs> anyway, you ready? <laughs> Listeners, oh, send help. Hope We're doesn't bl- get jokes. You guys, you guys can't see us. 
But we're blinking twice for help. <laughs> Hope <laughs> also doesn't get SOS. <laughs> Hope also doesn't understand jokes. <laughs> but in the simple payments of a hundred dollars a month to my PayPal, I can understand you jokes. Can study. I yeah, can you study can, jokes. You can start understanding real quick. Just these few <laughs> simple payments of $100 for the rest of your life to my PayPal. Hope Mullinex, buy me understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sounds anyway, like we a... should talk about the episode. <laughs> you ready? I am. Cornered is the fourth episode of The Bad Batch, and it aired on May 21st, 2021. It was written by Christian Taylor and directed by Saul Ruiz. Some extra information for you. Ming-Na Wen reprises her role as Finnick Shan from The Mandalorian. This version of Finnick is roughly 30 years younger than her Mandalorian counterpart. The traitor is voiced by Bobby Moynihan, who is the voice of Orca... Blah, 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 who is the voice of Orca in Star Wars Resistance. CG-76, a.k.a. the female protocol droid, is voiced by Greg Griffin, who has voiced a slew of characters across the Star Wars universe, including Nare from the Freemaker Adventures and both Padme and Asajj Ventress from the Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. The Shady Dock Worker is voiced by Taryn Killam, whose work includes Saturday Night Live, American Crime Story, The Podcast Gaslight, and Single Parents. And a couple extra little things. The model of the Sora Sue personal luxury yacht can be spotted on the manager's desk in the spaceport. This type of ship was made famous in the Legends canon by... And was made famous in the Legends canon by Lando Calrissian. It was his personal craft, the Lady Luck. And finally, the clone trooper toy that Omega plays is similar to the stormtrooper toy that a young Jin Urso owns in Rogue One. Are we going to ignore him? Ignore who? No, hi, Yoda! Who are we ignoring? Ignoring baby Yoda? Our... Yeah, baby someone Yoda. Someone we are pretending not to be who is not around? Hmm? Yeah, yeah, blink, blink, oh, blink. Okay, Yoda can ignore. Yoda's yeah. good at ignoring. Yeah, we're going to ignore baby Yoda. Yoda's a, a number one ignorer. Yeah, yeah. Blink, blink. Yeah, how are you... <laughs> Like, Yoda Yoda could ignore a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how are you this week, Yoda? Is that the question for Yoda? Sure. Yoda is fine. Why am I so itchy? Mmm, itchy you are. Yeah. Mm. I actually Itchy itchy headache, hmm? Yeah. I just mm. Chris, are you itchy? Mm. Mm. Oh, can't talk right now. Him, he is busy. Busy scratching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you? Are you great, oh. Yoda? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe everybody should ignore the itching. Yes, ignore the headache. Yes, no, just ignore yeah, no, it. Maybe, we love maybe, you, maybe Yoda. go away, Bill. Mm. You know, for for a high, for these easy payments of a hundred dollars every year, we could pay Yoda for the rest of his five hundred years. Five hundred. Mm. Yeah, you'll live another five hundred years, right, Yoda? You'll be a thousand. You'll be a real millennial. Sure. <gasps> You'll be an actual millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I got Chris on that one. I heard it. 
<laughs> that was one of the jokes that makes Chris go, Oh, jeez. <laughs> I just don't want to think of what Millennial Yoda would be like. Oh, he'd be like a pile of sludge just, like, slithering through the grass. Like, no bones. No bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about Yoda as if he's not right here. Mm. Oh, it's... Oh, God, it's itchy again. Oh, God. Oh, God. Ah. Yoda, we love you, but I need to... I don't want to be itchy anymore. You're sorry that we said that we were going to ignore you. We love you. It's, uh... Oh, not ignoring Yoda? Okay, no! good. You're our very well-respected third podcaster, and, and Charles asks about you all the time and wondering once and one or why you won't return his text. Um, Yoda's preparing special text. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Yoda. Well. He has yeah. much Jedi potential, yes, that Yoda oh, yeah. must explore. Mm-hmm. And Gene, Gene talks about you all the time. He doesn't ignore you. And same thing with Dario. Everybody Dario. and and, mm. and Mike's and does like, not we... ignore Yoda. No, no, His no. Attention to Yoda all the time. He yeah, does. yeah. Especially Gene. He listens to like every episode. And like, um, you know, uh, Yoda and Gene were just hanging out just the other day. Did not ignore Yoda. He did not. Mm-hmm. Neither does Mike Zuma and, you know, everybody, you know, so you're very well loved. So, um, so I better just go talk about the, the episode now. Okay. okay Yoda we'll, will go. Okay. We, and then we will happily Yoda. see you next year. See you next week, Yoda. You forgot about Yoda. Mm. Never yeah. again. There he goes. Oh, God. That was horrible. Ah, ah. Oh, my body felt like it was on fire. Uh, those are uh, called space hives. Oh my god, that was horrible. Oh god. Are we sure he's not a Sith Lord? I'm not sure of anything about Yoda at this point. Oh my god, that was... Ugh, I, uh, I'm not sure all of this isn't just a figment of my own imagination. Oh my god. That is all... Ugh. I, I, for, uh, I'm not sure that I'm not a brain and saline solution in a lab right now. I just, oh, we're in the matrix, Chris. We're in Yoda's matrix. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah, no. The only pills I swallowed today were mitle. Anyway, you ready for act one? <laughs> <laughs> just, now I'm, now I'm, that's like. I even laughed at my own joke and choke. <laughs> you can have the red pill, the blue pill, or Midol. Oh, it ha- Midol has caffeine in it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. All right. It's 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 people who are just like, ew, it's essentially Tylenol with caffeine. That's the yeah. only difference between that and, and Tylenol. One has caffeine and the other one doesn't. Act one. Act one. <sighs> Let's do it. We open. With the Bad Batch. And they are looking for a place to hide out. You know, they got that information from Cut LeQuain. And Cut was just like, you just gotta lay low, bro. Until this all, like, blows over. You know, until you die. So it'll be fine. Or in, like, 20 years when someone blows up the Death Star. Whatever comes first. And they're all just like, oh, man. What about all these planets? And Omega's like, 
I have been stuck on a water planet full of ocean and rain for literally my entire life. I don't want to hide. I want to see the universe before me. And Hunter's like, nah, bro, you cute, adorable. We love you so much, Omega, but you are, we are not. We are not going to do that because we need to hide. But they have a problem because they don't have jobs anymore. No one's paying them. They don't have any credits and they don't have enough gas to get anywhere. And they're all out of food. And also, to make things worse, because they blew up the, like, spaceport where Cut Laquain is, their ship is registered as a wanted ship. And so now they're being hunted. And Tech's like, well, you know, I could scramble our ship. That's not hard to do. We just have to land somewhere because it's on the outside of ship. And, you know, like, we're in space and I'd rather not die. So we'd have to do it outside the ship. And so they're like, okay, so here's the plan. We'll go to Pantora because it's awesome. And sadly, we didn't see Rio Chuchi in this episode. And I miss my girl, Rio Chuchi, and I love her forever and always. So they go to Pantora and they land. And of course, it's not a cool person like Pelimoto. It's a really shady guy. And shady guy is the owner of the docks. And he walks out there and he's just like, hey, what's going on? And Wrecker is just like, hi. And the shady guy is just like, okay, well, I'm just going to scan your ship then. And they're like, no, no, you can't scan our ship. That would be a bad thing. And the dock worker is just like, all right, I won't scan your ship. And they're like, well, that's very nice of you, sir. Thank you for respecting our wishes. And the guy's like, you guys don't understand what's happening here, do you? And Wrecker and Tech are like, no. Do you need a hug? Or like a handshake to make it official? And the guy's like, no, I want money. God, you're dumb. And, and Tech and Wrecker are like, uh, here's a penny. Therefore, it's technically money. And the guy's like, uh, no, give me more money. So they figure out how to haggle, and they pay the guy, and the guy's like, alright, well, I'm not going to report your ship then. And he goes back to his office, and he calls up Fennec Shand, who is on the hunt, and she is looking for Omega, for someone who is unknown at this time. And Fennec is like, yes, I got her. And she heads to Pantora, too. So... Hunter, Omega, and Echo are going to head into town, and they're wearing their disguises. Well, Omega's not wearing a disguise. She's just dressed normally. But but Hunter is in his, like, cut the queen outfit, and <laughs> they came out wrong, because now I'm just imagining him dressed like cut the queen, which kind of works, because they're all clones. Um, and Echo comes out dressed like a droid, which she's, you know, fine with, I guess, but not really, because, you know, trauma. And they are going to go into town wearing disguises to sell off some of their excess explodey stuff for cash. It's in Wrecker's like, goodbye all my precious bombs. I love you so much. But, you know, Omega is like super excited to go into town. Because she's like, I'm going to go and we're going to see all the people. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to have so much fun. And I'm going to touch everything. And Hunter's like, don't touch everything. She's like, I'm going to touch everything, Hunter. You can't, t- you can't stop me. <laughs> So the three of them go into town, and as they're walking through the city center, they see all these clones marching through the town, and people are, like, super excited. Like, the people of Pantora are just like, yeah, clones! We love you! Fuck you! Kiss my baby for me, clones! 
And Hunter is like, oh, geez, these guys are really excited. And they look over, and there's more of that Chanko bullshit over off to the side with the Admiral Boring Rampart just being like, come get your chain code, because that's all I can do. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's go, let's get away from this. But Omega is, like, super confused, because she's like, I thought the war being over is a good thing. And then Echo says the very important line of, well, it depends on which side you're on. And during all, so they go off to go trade off their ship, their shit, and meanwhile, during all this, Tekken Wrecker worked on the ship. I, I, well, I was gonna say, if you say Tekken, if you have Tekken Wrecker together, just call him Trekker. <gasps> Trekker! <laughs> um. Team Trekker. Now I can't cut that part out, because then, then that part wouldn't make sense, and then this part wouldn't make sense. I, 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 I back right before the the for context, I popped my back and now I have like this throbbing headache, which is making me nauseous. So I just sound kind of drunk tonight, which is normal. There you go. Now everybody have context. <laughs> What'd you think of that one? I liked it. Uh, it's the it's a, a just a gorgeous looking episode. There there is a neat wipe in it. It's the, the it just has a good energy to it. There's. The animation um, of this city is the mm-hmm. best Star Wars animation has ever looked. Well, it's, it's sort of like no, Coruscant, but in a more rural, it's like rural Coruscant or a much, you know, it's not a big city, but it's a mid-sized to small yeah. city, but it's still a city and it's got its own sort of look. Text, in, it feels like it has its own style to it. The signs feel differently. The lighting's different. It's a little rustic, and mm-hmm. what I like about it, the, this episode, as I was noticing, is there's a lot of the Star Wars galaxy, the tech that, like, you know, landing pads and stuff that's that's kind of standardized in a lot of places, but the, this place has, like, this, some of the standardized stuff, but, you know, its own sort of culture and it's it's it reminds me of a place like an international place like sort of like coruscant or like lake placid new it reminded me of lake placid new york for some reason huh. um what would i but, uh, like the one what i want to add about that too is it like look at the background characters and how different they all are you remember something like that's what i'm um, saying it, yeah, it but, seemed but like, like a hub of commerce and well, no, no, no. I'm just talking about the actual character models. Like, oh. remember, remember how, like, in Rebels, um, they would reuse character models? Um, yeah. You know, and we had that one time where, like, Minister Tua was blown up, and, like, the next episode, there's a character model, which is basically her with different hair color. And it looks very similar. Like, just her, her same face, facial shape hairstyle but in a different color and different color clothes and it looked like Mr. Tua and we saw this in Resistance as well where actually not in Resistance but in Rebels like they would pull down the hats of the Imperials so you would only see from their nose down and they yeah the helmet head guys yeah yeah and so like they always had a shadow over their eyes so they wouldn't have to animate that and so they could reuse character models and they also did this in Clone Wars because of course everybody's clones so they would just reuse character models but something like when you go here on Pantora if you look at the background characters every character is different and we don't have that anymore of just like reusing the character models of Rebels to save money it's so unique and it feels 
different and it's just a testament to how far animation has come in just a very very short amount of time plus i think that you know we're there that we're we're uh, as with the animation it's always getting better and they are always building up a bigger and bigger library of characters and stuff that they can mm-hmm. pull out, you know. Very much so. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, all those background characters, they save those to put anywhere. And you can change, you know, you could just pop them in and make them a little short, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and pop them around. And I'm sure they did places. reuse some, but it's, it's so much different from Rebels, where it was, like, the same five people walking by in the background. Well, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, like, now, yeah, but now they have, you know you know 105 different models that they can use you know and and probably you know techniques of of taking those models and then customizing them up so you know you have all the you know basically you just keep every species and like maybe body type you know but like just as time goes on they're just going to build a vocabulary of that you know why would why wouldn't you want to save stuff like that for to make the future easier for you yeah absolutely and um, they, yeah. the only thing okay. that would be difficult, difficult, different would be like changing the styles because Bad Batch's style is very different from like say Rogue One, not Rogue One, Rebels or Resistance. So, yeah. but you, it's I'm sure it's a lot easier for them to make them now too. But yeah, it's I mean I'm still I'm sure they're still using the same technology. It's just they use different visual styles when they when they present it but the the sound and the music in this one are is really good too mm-hmm. there's 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 a lot of uh there's a lot of good music you know just sort of incidental it, it, kevin kiner is just getting more dynamic i think with his music the only note i have towards the story is i was half expecting wrecker when he was like you know I I could do it, and Wrecker would say something like, "Or I could just crush you and do a, a chunk of jelly on the ground, or something like that." Like, I was like thinking, "Why Wrecker's just gonna think like, why isn't this getting, you know, why isn't he understanding the threat?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, but that would have that would have that would have messed up this the story, but. Other than that, that's all I had for for Act One. It's just, it's gorgeous to look at. I like how, I like. Oh, I'll have another like character. Just a nice touch with, where they're like, uh, Pandorum. It is, you know, and uh, or Pantorum or Pan. What a Pantorum, Pantora. It is. Uh, now I think Pantera. <laughs> um, Pantera. It is, and she's just like looking at the planet and the re- you can tell she's reading the readout of it and she's just like pantera and you can tell it's a bit you know a big moment here we go to pantera and her imagination is is good and they're just like yep go to another planet <laughs> but like you know that it's such a cute little kid moment for her too because yeah. like she's only seen like what three places and so you can just see her dreaming like they i i, I think i said this it was either last week or the cut Quain episode but they do a really good job of capturing how much of a kid omega is i think it was last week because she was like sitting on the ground like crumpled up reading a book <laughs> when yeah. we were talking about that um as for my notes uh my well my simple note was the animation one um my my two bigger notes 
I actually really do like the scene with the like ship worker with Tekken Wrecker or Trekker. I like that team Trekker. Um, it's fun watching the clones figure out. I, I wrote figure out money, but really it's like figuring out how to be normal in the galaxy. <laughs> like it's very common. Like we've seen this all across Star Wars where someone's like, yeah, you can do this if you pay me. And they're like, okay. But like they have no concept of this. They are just Pure in interaction boys. with other clones of maybe a clone bar and fighting people or Jedi. Like those were their three interactions. Like they yeah. never dealt with like, like it'd be something like Rex. Cause we know like Rex has ran into like normal people before, but I get the feeling that the bad batch was such a specialty group. They pretty much went in, did their job and came back. So like, they just don't really have much of a concept of like normal people. And they're just kind of good boys too. And they don't know they have to like pay people off. And it's, it's really interesting because it really shows how much the Republic had kind of a hold over on them. You know, they, they were, they've been kind of sheltered and they're a lot like Omega in that way where Omega has like only been to like three planets thus far. They've been to multiple planets, but they don't know how to people. And I find that really interesting. And so, like, while that scene is played for comedy, like, there's some character bits in them of them figuring out how to be, like, people, you know? Yeah. Normal people. I, I mean, Hunter is the only one who seems, he seems like he would be the fastest to socialize because he's just got instincts, you know? So he might be pick up more on, like, um, moods and emotions and stuff like that. So I, I feel he has the as and and it's a good thing he's a leader too. But like I, he has mm -hmm. more of a, and he's been, sort of been the like, the the you know emotional dad to Omega. I would say Echo would be the other one because yeah, before he got blown up, he did have a lot of normal people experiences. You know, like he was out and about. Like he actually helped. He was on planets. You know, he would help citizens. So, like, he did have more of that. Like, and he was he was with like Anakin and Ahsoka. And yeah, but too. he's probably the most traumatized living clone there ever was. And all oh, clones I have just... notes on that in Act Two. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, just he, he's lucky he could interact. You know, he he's he's you know he's like somebody who's had like been brainwashed. You know, or like you know, got absorbed by the Borg or, or was, or had a catastrophic brain injury or something. You know what I mean? He's, he's, uh, it, it, it seemed that there'd be a long recovery for him. And he just sort of got unplugged from, you know, the horrible torture machine that he was, that, you know, pretty much just like wiped out his mind. And then back into Order sixty six, you know, mm -hmm. and then off into the off into the galaxy, free floating and not knowing what the hell's going on. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah. expect him to be very good at the. I think I, I I yeah, and I think the second second most would be would be Tech. I think what? just because he has knowledge, but he doesn't have the emotion. Yeah, but that does, but there's plenty of people out there that are just sort of like coldly coldly logical that can you can get through the the Star Wars galaxy being coldly logical and people like you know tech just being blunt and and coldly logical people would be like okay I I I 
I understand that, you know, and I know no people like that in droids <laughs> and stuff, you know, that, you know, in a, in a pure, like just practical way, I think he would be the next best. I feel like Wrecker could, is just also so charming that he would just be like, yeah, he would probably have to like shove his way through it. But he, I feel like he's the one that like everybody would be like, oh, you. And At a biker bar. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, the only other note that I have is I actually really like the world building of this episode when they're looking at the clone troopers like parading through the city. And I, I find that really interesting because Pantora was a Republic planet. So as a planet on the side of the Republic during the Clone Wars, um, these clones that are now parading through the city were, quote, fighting the quote-unquote bad guys. And so, like, after, like, what, two, three years of coming out of a war, these people probably are relieved that the war's over and they're not being taxed, you know, like, taxed with daily, like, stress and stuff like that. And they're entering a peacetime. And what's interesting about this, like, this is a perfectly normal reaction of just, like, war's over, it's yeah. fine, it's great. Like but, the liberation of France or something, or of yeah. uh, Paris or something, you know? But the thing is, is that the other shoe hasn't dropped yet, you know? Right. Like, they haven't seen the horrors of getting their freedoms taken away. So this is, like, really interesting and realistic to me. Um, and I also want to say, like, put a pin in this episode, because keep in mind, like I said, this was a Republic planet that's reacting to the Empire change. Wait, in a few episodes, we're going to see a Separatist planet getting taken over by the Empire. And remember, the Separatists were the bad guys. And it's a completely far more hostile parade going through their streets. And well, uh, that's something I really like about the Bad Batch, because we're seeing a Republic planet just kind of being taken over in a fun, celebrated way. In a couple episodes, we're going to see an enemy Separatist planet getting taken over, and it's like a military takeover. <laughs> it's weird. This is the only thing I would say that, that, like, the only kind of thing that I didn't gel completely with this episode was the scene where they were cheering because just visually, the way they presented it, at first, I thought they were cheering the the the... I don't know if it was a live broadcast or uh, just an ad for the chain code. You know, the chain code hologram going. No, they're, I'm like, they're cheering why would why would it? I mean, I could see people looking at it and going like, okay, if they were for it, but I couldn't see people cheering it. And it took me a while to go like, oh, they're cheering the troops going by in the streets and stuff. Okay, yep. that makes sense. But it took me a. It was. It, it could have been visually clearer to me. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just I, like, that's silly, you know, like cheering the chain code ad. It's like, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, it's like people people cheering a public service announcement or something. It's weird. Yeah. But that's all I have for Act 1. Did you have anything else? I do not. All right. Anyway, Act 2? Act 2. Wow. Actually, my favorite act. I love this act. Act 2. So Hunter, Echo, and Omega go into town, right? And they're still in town. And they find a trader, and they're, like, trying to sell off some of their goods. And, like, Hunter's like, this is a bomb. This is a really good bomb. Like, this is, like, the best bomb. And the trader's like, uh, I am not a black market salesman. Why did you bring a bomb into my house? 
and during all this, like, Omega is just, like, touching everything. She's just like, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? And she's, like, having, like, another, like, Disney, like, Little Mermaid moment, only it's, like, way more intense, because she's just like, I must touch everything right now. Um, and during all this, like, Echo is disguised. You know, he kind of looks like a droid, but he's not actually disguised as a droid, but he looks like one. And, like, when Omega knocks something over, that the snooty trader guy's like, be careful with that kid! And she's like, I'm sorry! And, like, Echo is, like, so gentle, and he, like, leads her away. And he, like, picks up the little toy, and he, like, touches the toy with his, like, little robot hand, and it's really cute, and it's really sweet, and I love it! And the trader is looking at Echo like, how much is your droid? And Echo, Echo looks over like, what the fuck? And Hunter's like, just a moment, hold on, we're, we'll talk about this. And he comes over and he's like, Echo, I need you to pretend to be a droid. And Echo's like, no, no, I am not, I am not going to do this. And Hunter's like, dude, we just really need the money. We're going to take the money and then I'll call you in like 20 minutes and then you just walk out the back door. And Echo's like, Okay, but I'm worth more than 2,000 credits. I'm- that guy's gonna get a deal. You better haggle for me, Hunter, because I'm worth it. And Hunter comes over and he's like, What if I sell my droid to you for this price? And the dude's like, cool. And so Hunter just sells Echo to this guy. And during all this, the music changes. Dark clouds form over this air and the sky and they come down heavy and the dark side feels fills up the space and the town and people cower in fear as powerful barks echo through the alleyways and rise up into the night because a pack of Darth Buggles Roll by! <laughs> and these Darth Buggles look over as the evil beasts they are. And they're like. See? See how easily, how easily they lure her to danger. They do. They're like, you little girl, look how cute we are. And she's like, wow, look at those things. And the Vorpax are like, we are Darth Buggles and we are Legion. We are many. Come to us, little girl. We're not evil, but we are. And she's like, okay. And Omega just walks over. She's like, wow, you're so cute. And they're like, yes, we are cute, little girl. I'm just going to... Oh, did you pay for that toy, little girl? And she's like, no, I didn't pay for it yet. And they're like, perfect! And the Buggles bites the toy and the drives away, speeding down the street. And Omega's like, I didn't pay for that! She goes running off the dark after the Darth Buggles, just as they planned. Ha 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 my microphone as I can so I don't like blow out our listeners' ears because I love our listeners. And during all this, Finnick is watching and she's just like, oh, well, that was easy. I just guess I will go follow Omega then. And Finnick follows after Omega because it was that easy to separate her. So during all the Darth Buggle stuff, 
the trader guy takes Echo away and shoves him into the back room. And Hunter, with all his money, he's like, that was really easy. We should sell Echo more often. Turns around, and Omega is gone. You know, I'm sorry, I'm going off my notes. I just realized that that could have been their griff for, like, the rest of the season. You know, just dress up Echo, sell him off every every new droid suit grift. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then just, like, picked him up, like, 20 minutes later. I mean, like, it would only work so many times, but, they, you know, they could have gotten some quick cash. I mean, is it moral? No. Does Echo like it? Absolutely not. But that could be, like, their... I, I could see that becoming a little running gag if they needed it. But it's also morally scummy. Anyway, a hunter turns around and Mega's gone and he freaks out. And he's just like, where's my child? And during all this, Omega, like, finally, like, the Darth Buggles get away. And they're just like, goodbye, child! Ha, 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 ha! And the Buggles get away. And Omega looks around. And she realizes she doesn't know where the hell she is. Because she's in a city. She's never been in a city before that's not, like, you know, a Kaminoan city that's surrounded by clones. She doesn't know where she is. And she's just like, oh, shit. This is bad. And... During all this, like, Hunter's like, where is my child? As all this is happening, like, the Trekker crew are working on the ship, and Echo goes in the back, and he, like, meets his new droid friends, and one's, like, a really, like, I'm the leader droid, and, like, Echo's out of fucks to give with all this, and he's just like, I just, I will leave soon, it's fine. I'm here for plot reasons, everybody, because stuff. And Hunter is like running through the streets like a madman. And Omega is all scared and sad. And then a very nice woman comes up and she's like, are you are you okay, little girl? And Omega looks up and it's Fennec Shan. And Fennec's like, hi. And Omega's like, oh, thank God. Ming-Na Wen is here. Ming-Na, I'm really scared. And she's like, I will take care of you, child. And Fennec takes her and is just like leading her through the streets. And she's like, I'll help you find your friends. Are you hungry? And she's like, yeah, I am. We are poor and don't have food. And Wrecker ate all the food. And I think he ate a droid. It's fine. And Finnick swipes some fruit from a lady. And she, like, steals the fruit. And Omega's, like, watching, like, did she just steal that fruit? And why is there a blaster on her hip? This is suspicious. But not suspicious enough that Omega won't eat that food or try to befriend her. Because Omega's like... You know, if you're alone and we're alone, you should come hang out with us. And Omega's like, and then Phoenix's like, oh, hang out with you guys? You know, your friends that all have bounties on your head? That's a massive payday for me? That sounds great. Right about this time, Hunter arrives, and Hunter's like, Omega, get away from her! This is a bad guy! And Omega's like, she's not a bad guy. She got me fruit. Wait, she stole the fruit. And she's also pulling her gun on me. Yes, Hunter, she is a very bad guy. And pew, 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 break out. And Hunter fights Finnick. And Finnick, like, tries to stab him. And he throws his knife at her. And she's like, yay, extra knife. So now she tries to stab him with two knives. And Omega runs away again. And Hunter gets his head, like, bat boinked. Like, like, like Finnick takes her helmet and, like, boinks him in the head with it. And he's like, oh, my head got boinked. And, and Finnick runs off after Omega. And Hunter's like, ow, my head. And then he's like, guys, there's a bounty hunter. And, he, and she's after Omega. And all the Bed Batch spring into action, especially Echo, because Echo has a new team of droid friends to come help them out. What'd you think of Act 2? You know I have I like, like Act 2. 
You know, I have like <laughs> um, a three-part Darth Buggles note. <laughs> I just really thought the the whole thing about selling Echo is just sort of he's like the out he he's kind of he's the only you know non-original you know not in the bet not of he's a reg and he's you know he's literally almost a robot he's he's i i, I joke like, about hey this, we're gonna I... sell you you know it's like oh yeah. but at the same time he's also used to being like i'm a military guy i i do stuff for the team but yeah it's, yeah and I, and I have a lot of mixed feelings about that scene like on one hand like it's definitely. I, it I could do, have been like a wedge between their friendship, that sort of thing. That's and yeah, you know. and that's exactly it. Like it's handled in a way that it's it's handled so delicate. Like I I don't even want to say delicately. It's handled in a way that you know it's out of necessity, and I'm happy that he advocates for his own worth. Yeah, you know, like he's like I am worth more than that. If you if you're going to sell me as a pretend I'm a droid and sell me at least make it worth it. Yeah, but it's that's got to be triggering for him too because like remember episode 1 like Echo flat out says, "Well, you're more man than machine," and he's constantly the one that's kind of singled out because he's not an original member. So like I I remember when this episode came out that there was a lot of theory is that this would actually cause a wedge. Because he is the one that's different. And we do have this kind of like, I don't want to say underlying, but it's because it's kind of an underbaked plot point. But for almost the majority of the season, Echo is the one advocating to fight. He's like, we should go help Rex. We should fight the Empire. We should be doing something. And like, he is the well, one. Rex is also this. his old his old pal too so but, okay we'll take rex out of the equation then like he is the one that's like advocating like we should be fighting we should be doing something we should be pushing back against this empire because we were here for the republic and he's the one that's constantly pushing back and it's this like kind of like really underdeveloped plot point all season long and a lot of people thought that that would stem from this moment because Hunter's like, yeah, we'll sell Echo. It'll be fine. And, like, he is the one that is the most different from the rest of them. And so I, I have a, like, on one hand, I really like the scene. But on, on the other hand, I have a lot of mixed feelings about the scene. I, 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 for some reason, I, and this is because I think I remembered my feelings about it more than the actual scene, is I thought it was a little tenser about, there was more tension about it instead it turns into another storyline i like with a which is a droid slash rebellion have it for me okay droids you're working for me now now we're gonna go get them you know so uh, you know and it, and it was you know more funny where he's just like he goes in and takes over and stuff you know and just sort of orders around the robots I one of which thing... is sort of a little tome one looks like one of the tomi wind-up robots you I know think why? One of those made an appearance before. It is in resistance. Uh, Clink, the one that looks like the little arms. We talked about the, this. The one that has, yeah, the one that has uh, the bendy arms on it. Yep, that's he. Like that droid made its first appearance in Star Wars Resistance, and we had this exact same conversation. Yeah. Okay. I I, rem I I seem to remember that. Yes. Yeah, but like I think I here's the thing about the scene that I I feel like it works here as a bit and a plot point. It doesn't work for me for Echo's overall story because these moments of tension calling out his otherness and how he's more machine than man, 
they're not doing anything at least so far yeah. in season one now if this comes back in like say season two or three and it becomes like this really big moment where echoes like you guys treat me differently you know you guys make like keep making these droid things with me like if he hits a breaking point then these are going to be really good steps leading up to that point but if they never do anything with it it just feels kind of weird but it's hard to yeah. tell at this moment because we only have one season you know, but while we're here, I, I have to know. say, I, I do love the moment where like when Echo, when uh, Omega like knocks over, like drops the toy and stuff like that. I, I do like the little moment where like Echo leads her away and like he like hands her the toy. Like he's so tender with Omega. And I, a lot of like the interactions with the guys outside of Hunter and I would say Wrecker too. So pretty much Omega's interaction in interactions with like tech and echo are almost always in the background and they're not they're non-verbal and like they're always all these background shots but i love watching tech and echo in the background with omega because that's where their relationship is building and it's not it's never front and center but it's always these like small tender moments that you can really tell their relationship you know like like when omega gets gets chased by finnick and Hunter calls the guys. The first thing Tech does is drop everything and goes, I will come, I will go get on the police scanners and look for her. And it's it's an action. And it's not like these, like, it's not the same as like these big emotional moments with Hunter, but it's those little things like that that you can tell where they care. Where Tech literally drops all his science stuff to go find his team member. And like, that's what I, I, I really like it. And I hope we get more of that. So. Continue mm. the rest of your notes. Those are all. Those were all my echo notes, actually. <laughs> I only got a couple more. I think uh, I had Darth Buggles and Darth Goat Buggles. Man and a Goat Man all I, all at once. Those, I almost wrote a, a note that I almost wrote a note that said Chris is going to say something about the Goat Man. I, I almost like wrote the Goat that Man. Note. What can I say? <laughs> I know. The guys got to throw some Goat Man. Just it's it, it's not a good main ingredient, but just as a little side ingredient in the stew every once in a while, having a Goat Man go like no is or whatever they say whatever they say in goat like is is just just fine by me now i know so okay we're we you know as um book of boba fett hadn't come out when this was out but like yep. now we know the character of fennec shan a, a bit more and it's funny because now she's worked with both boba fett and his sister and Hey, maybe we'll find out she knew Boba Fett was Omega's sister or something at, at some point since she's run into both of them. But when now that we know her character better, like on first viewing of this, she's just like a badass bounty hunter and she comes in and pretends to be a good guy and then like, you know, turns into a heel. But knowing her character now, we see like you can see like that she's like she's a little you know she's you can see she has a little bit of identification concern with mm -hmm. omega you know that she genuinely she has to a little, feed her yeah she's got a little yeah well she also thought she'd be coming with her so she might maybe might as well get some food in her or whatever but yeah 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 but yeah she had a little bit of yeah she and so if she would have succeeded in getting her away from the bad batch like, I could totally see her, you know, doing a Mandalorian thing where they're like, have you brought the baby? And she's just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm taking the baby. 
And like I could see it be like and and then you would have Omega just soaking up Fennec Shan stuff. So now Omega could parkour and she would be just and you and you know Omega would be basically, you know, like rolling with being with Fennec Shan. They'd probably bond, but she'd be like, Listen, I want to be with the bad batch. Those are my you know, they're my brothers. You know, you have and eventually you could have you you know, you could have gone in a whole direction with that, you know. You know, I not that you should have, but I I could totally see how that could have been a thing. I will come back to that in season three because I have a very similar note to that. Um, I I, I almost put the same note in Act Two, but that, that's um, that's all I got for Act Two. But yeah, like you know, now seeing Book of Boba Fett, a bet, Book of Boba Fett, bet, um, I was actually kind of thinking about this earlier. I I almost noted it, but I I didn't. I have to wonder. If which came first, them filming Mandalorian or Ming Na Wen recording this episode, because animation takes so much longer and yeah. um, to, to produce it than live action. And I, ha ha ha! I knew I bookmarked this for a reason. Um, oh no, wait! I'm in the. Hold on. Hope has to switch accounts on Twitter. Hold on. Go back to my different accounts. Um, I booked Mark a thing and they voice record very early when it comes to animation. Uh, it's usually it goes the because uh, this wonderful person who is in animation actually made a flow chart of the order of animation and how it happens. And voice mm-hmm. recording happens like oh, super yeah. duper early in the process. It's, like soon- it's always a, it's always the first thing with with animation. It's always built yeah. around. And animation is usually in effect two to three years before broadcast. Um, just to give some context, Resistance was being created during the second season of Rebels. That early. Season one was being crafted of Resistance. Um, and then like they were starting like the early storyboards and stuff. So like it always happens super early. So I have to imagine that Ming-Na Wen recorded her lines for this first. Now, I'm, I'm theorizing I don't have confirmation this is just hope theorizing and so and of course we That's, know it's that a pretty solid guess that, that would be a pretty solid theor- theorizing so it makes me wonder if having bad batch you know because she comes back later in the season having bad batch under her belt if that actually gave me naw went uh more more advocacy when she told feloni not to kill off her character you know, because she was the one that t- went to Filoni and was like, don't kill me. And she had to advocate for her own character for her to go on to Book of Boba Fett. Um, so that was just something I was thinking about. Beca- and I'm really glad she did because now with the context of Book of Boba Fett, you can see a lot of those same subtleties that she probably played off in these episodes of her having like, you know, when she's talking to like the Vespa kids in Book of Boba Fett, it's a lot yeah. like how she talks to Omega. You know, she has those like softer moments where she actually probably does like this Omega kid, probably thinks she's cute, wondering why she's running around with a bunch of dudes. And no, you could almost you could almost wonder if maybe she had been a mom at some point, you know? I would say probably not at this point, um, because I think she's only like in her twenties here, so probably not at this point. But maybe like there was other family. Like what if she had like little siblings? That that's yeah, something but, I can but- see she might be a kind of human the age because she's still got like 
They didn't make her face extreme. They made it younger than a little younger than a little younger than Book of Boba Fett. She didn't look thirty years younger. But then again, we're talking animation, so yeah, and different animation style. Don't, animation don't crack. And I must say, Ming Na Wen does not look like she's about to hit sixty. She is. I, I she's about to hit sixty. She. I think she's fifty-eight. I looked this up the other day. Hold on, Ming Na Wen. Okay. So she is, Ming Nan Wen is currently 58. She does not look like she's 58. No, she's older than me. Wow. Yeah, no, she, she, right? uh, she, yeah, <laughs> she, she, amazing. yeah, she handles the physical aspect of that. Well, you know, and so is, yeah, uh, yeah, but, but yeah. even, yeah, even so, like her face in, in the, in the animation looks a little older than like, you know, yeah, like yeah. she might. You know, I put her like twenties, early thirties at the very. If we're going off of Ming Na Wen's actual age, I would say probably late, right, mid to late twenties. Right. Well, that's here. if you're gonna age her like like her like the actress. But since yeah, you know, we she's don't, not we don't play, know. she's not gonna be playing stuff in the Bad Batch except for her voice acting. You know, so if maybe her maybe her branch of humans or her species has a two hundred three hundred year lifespan or something, you know, so she could yeah, be like. We don't know. So she could be like 60, you know, when in in Bad Batch, you know, had a family and had a tragic backstory or not. Or they just, you know, the yeah. kid, the kids working, working somewhere. And, you know, and the <laughs> husband, she got divorced, uh, you know, it's kind of a deadbeat and or what and decided to become a bounty hunter. But yeah. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? We got, I got distracted by how amazing Mina Lene is. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go on to my next line because I don't remember what led up to this. Um, oh, yeah, because uh, you, I, what I was saying is you can see kind of like a lot of the similarities between like how Finnick talks to like the Vespa kids in yeah. Book of Boba Fett and how she talks to Megan. That's, that's the point I was making. Um, so it is interesting watching her now that we have more context of the character um it, it, it's just you know it's cool that that's why we do this show this way of people who have already seen this stuff because we can see those connections <sighs> do i want to do my omega or my vorpat we'll we'll do omega because it's still kind of connected so i really like omega in this section because omega is a kid and this is her like third planet that she's ever been on and i think i would argue i think this is her first time in a big city not counting the kaminoan city so like i i remember when this episode come, came out that a, some like dude bros were like neckbeard dude bros were like why is omega so dumb like no she's a kid this works just fine to me so of she's inexperienced she would... it's not dumb yeah you yeah, know. she's inexperienced, and she does have a little bit of that childlike trust because she doesn't. And Finnick seemingly is this nice person who comes up to say that, like, hey, I will help you find your friends. Because also, like, you know, any person who's nice who sees a lost child in the city will be like, where are your and, parents? And, and you know what? <laughs> she's got a little Kaminoan vibe to her with her outfit and stuff. It's sort she's of, kind of like calm. and her vibe too. She's kind of calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it probably reminds her of what's her name, Lama Sue, or was it Lama Sue? Oh uh, no, it's uh, Nalase. Nalase. Yeah, yeah. Lama Sue Nalase. Yeah, Lama Sue is that's the prime Nalase. minister. Nalase, Nalase is Lama the lady. 
Um, so like, yeah, this scene actually works for me because it's Omega being inexperienced. And what I like about her, though, you see that Omega's not an idiot. She starts picking up on the little things. Like, she observes that Finnick has a blaster and starts asking questions like, are you a soldier? Because to, to, to Omega, the only people that she knows that has blasters are soldiers being clones. And she's like, okay, well, if you don't have a, if you're not a soldier, why do you have that? And, and, and she watches, um, Finnick steal food and she goes you didn't pay for that so you're seeing these gears like start turning in omega's head and they started on the trope of like omega being like hunter this is my friend like they start that trope but the me at the moment that hunter's like she's dangerous get away from her you see that click in, in omega of just like okay i've gathered all this information and i'm trusting yep. hunter right now i'm gonna get the fuck out of here and so i really like that you're seeing this scene of omega growing of she goes in with the childlike wonder but you see her pick up the information gaining that experience and starting to realize that the galaxy isn't as black and white as she thought it was. And I really like that for her character, that she's just growing and absorbing. And a lot of it is just watching her watch stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, that's her That's her secret she's genetic powers. Yeah, Perception. She's a, she's a perceptive mimic. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I, I frame her. Um, and I think course, it's even more than mimicry. I think she like, like, con- like conceptualizes too. So it's so like she gets the whole like sort of picture of things, or you know, a bit. Uh, a, she, she, yeah. She's already grasped, and you know, of course, she wants to be part of the Bad Batch more than anybody else. But like, yeah, when Hunter yeah. says like, get away from her, she's like, boom, doing it because she's part of the group, and she's not. Mm-hmm hesitating that's that's another kid thing though kids are like that anyway you know they'll they'll uh they're loyal they're loyal and of course my final note i have to talk about the vorpax like yes we're making darth buckle jokes but like i i loved this because you know the dude bros and the neckbeards and the fandoms were all just like resistance but like i like that the you know the head writer of the show was a resistance writer and they were like nope we're putting fucking vorpax and clink in there because <laughs> these are resistant Sorry. things and they're there suck it it's yeah it's like you know what are you what are you gonna do deny you know once you get a new alien species and it's a and it's a cool alien species they're, they're adorable they're so and cute. fugly they're like, they're, but they're, they're fugly at the same time they, they're just the a, an appealing character and so why not put them in? And if you don't know any, if you didn't watch resistance and that's the thing about the neckbeards is just like, like, why didn't they just not re- watch resistance and not have to care who buggles is? Why, why yeah. do they even know? Why do they even, how did they make it that far into that terrible show to even know who buggles is and care at this yeah, point? Quote, like unquote, if I watched that show and I was like, ah, it's not my cup of tea. I would have forgotten about buggles by now. Yeah. I don't think buggles even comes into like episode four. So, but like, I just, it's because it's because deep down, deep down, it bothers them because they know he's a Sith Lord. Yep. Yep. They don't like it though. I, I remember watching that scene for the first time. Cause like all this stuff is happening. Yeah. Like with like echo and Hunter. And I remember watching it for the first time and I heard the barks, the barks coming off screen. And it, it, first of all, it's a good piece of sound 
editing too because I was watching this uh, with my headphones on and like I heard it in my right ear first and then Mm -hmm. it like came closer um and so like when I heard the barks the first time I was watching that I was like that sounds like buggles and then sure enough here comes a cart full of buggles and I was like and I remember screaming oh my god buggles and like I immediately like went online and like looked up Allie, our friend Allie, who is you know um, reigning champion of the show. And I was like, Allie, have you watched the new Bad Batch yet? And she immediately typed me back, Oh my God, Buckles! <laughs> and I was just I was so happy to see the Vorpax. Like I just I love them. It is it was so satisfying, and I remember freaking out seeing them and it's just it's still that moment that every time I hear them in my headphones coming off screen I'm just like I just smile I'm smiling right now like it's there's so like little resistance content that like even just saying a Vorpak is just one of those moments I'm just like yes I'm a starving resistance fan give me more <laughs> so yeah I love it but that's all I have for act two did you have anything else I do not all right, well, you better ready to go zipping wrap. through the city on this one. I am. I'm ready to wrap this Darth Buggles up. I'm Aww. ready to pack this Vor pack up. Pack the Vor pack. Wrap your pack in Vor. Prap the oh, Vor no, pack. no, 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 no. Vor prap. No. <laughs> no. Do you know what Vor is? Um. Yes, like, I do hope. Okay, cool. It's about eating yummy, yummy food. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually about it's about being eaten as yummy, yummy food, probably yes, more than yes. anything else. But yeah, yep. I know what it is. I don't want to pack for carnivore. I'm not here to kink shame. All I will say, Dario is- and I had to look up vor videos for eat it, eat it and beat it once, and like- they were some of the funniest, funniest CG that you'll ever see in your life. I am not one to kink shame. I will just say that Vor is not for me. But <laughs> go rock your bad self as if it is. Anyway, act three. Act three. I feel like we've had this conversation before somewhere we in our probably three, did. In our right. 313 episodes of J Guys. This this conversation sure. feels a little deja vu y. Well, a lot of people get eaten by monsters by creatures sometimes in this, so it might have come up. Yeah, yeah. It probably came up right after Dario and I did that episode, and I said, "You wouldn't believe the the movies I just the, oh the things God. that I've seen." I'm having like a the like horrors a, I have like, seen. I'm I'm getting like a little bit of like a deja vu on like the back of my brain right now. Like that sounds so familiar. Anyway, we had to I... watch a lot of Vor and Giant Woman videos, oh. both of which were with with like home CGI or, or not CGI, but like CGI and effects and stuff. Oh boy! Oh, fun fun fun. I... I bet, I bet, I'm like in my head singing, there's a song in Steven Universe called Giant Woman, so when you said that, all I could hear was, all I want to do is see it turn into a giant woman, a giant woman! (laughs) That's all I could hear. Anyway, let's go on to Act 3, this is going off the road. All right, Act 3, with no giant women. Uh, anyway, Act 3... Omega is running for her life, and Finnick is like sprinting after her. And like, Omega like throws herself down an alleyway and like pushes her back against the wall. And she's like, Oh god, oh god, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Gotta freak out. Gotta figure this out. And she looks over, and there's a maintenance hatch. And she's like, I'm gonna go there. 
And so she goes over, she hits the button, and she starts going down the maintenance hatch. And then you got Tech, who is like tapped into all the police scanners and cameras and looking all around the city. And he's like, alright everybody, I got eyes on Omega. And she is going down the tunnel, but there's also a friend with her. And by friend, I mean the bad guy. And so someone go find her really fast, guys, because our child's in danger. So Mega gets down to the maintenance tunnels, and she's freaking out. She's running like a crazy person around. And, you know, because it's Star Wars, she happens to go down the one tunnel that leads her... <gasps> right into Wrecker! And, like, Wrecker's like, oh my god, you're okay? Are you okay? We love you. Are you so sweet, baby? Are you okay? And she's like, I just gotta go home, Wrecker. It's been a really long day. Like, we we went to the place. You said we- home, Wrecker. <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> um, and so, like, like Omega's like, I want to go. But then, out of the shadows, Finnick slides down the end of the hallway, and she's like, I found you. And Wrecker's like, oh, I'm gonna take this bitch on. And Finnick's like, bring it. And, like, Wrecker, like, throws Omega on a ladder, and he's like, you climb. I'll be right behind you. This is gonna be really fast. And Finnick's like, you better believe it's gonna be really fast. Because Wrecker goes sprinting at Finnick, and Finnick sidesteps, grabs his arm, and just throws him into a wall. And he, she hits Wrecker right on the head. And it's our second week of Wrecker being hit in the head. And I am stressing out by this point because Wrecker keeps getting smacked in the head. And we know there's an inhibitor chip in there. And it's just another brick in the slowly Hulk building wall, which is a metaphor that makes no sense, but whatever. So mm, Wrecker gets. Ignored Yoda, he did. Mm. <laughs> oh. And so Wrecker passes out. And Finnick starts climbing up after Omega. And Mega climbs, 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 and she happens to get the one ladder that leads to a tower that is, like, four feet across and, like, no space. So she gets up there, and there's no guardrails in Star Wars! Like, they don't have OSHA, because if this was a real tower, there would be guardrails up there, and she Yeah, but they got droids to maintain things, too. So, like, they got, like, droids with, like, magnetic treads and stuff like that, so... Listen, you coming in here with your logic is not appreciated. <laughs> they probably got shoes with magnets on the bottom of them, too, for stuff like that. True. You and your logic, whatever. It, that way the technicians are fine, but it discourages the, the normies from climbing on the towers. Right. And so, anyway, like... Any Omega more gets... questions? No. Shut up. <laughs> you mean boy... Um, Mansplaining. <laughs> Hope. No, um, so Hope, like, did you know? <laughs> I just want to go ahead and say, when we get down to the listener feedback, I have a will actually story, and you're gonna love it, Chris. Anyway, oh. you're gonna love it. You're not wrong with that voice either. You're not. Anyway, uh, what's What's happening? Um, Echo, during all this, Echo has his droid team, and because, like, 
tech has like fucked up the ship trying to do the scrambler thing from Act One, you know, plot. So like Echo's like, I have a team of droids now. So they all go back and start putting the ship back together. During all this, Tekker's like, Hunter, Omega's literally hanging on for her life on a tower. And Hunter looks up and he's like, I see the tower. And he literally stills a speeder and jumps on it and goes after his child. And as Omega is about to fall off the tower, there's Finnick and she grabs Omega. She's like, I got you, kid. Tuck and roll. And they jump into the back of a truck. And they go zooming through the city. And Hunter is like, pew, coming after them through the skies. And it's all like, pew, pews after Hunter. And Hunter's like, give me back my child. And Finnick's like, fuck you, asshole. She's my child now. And Omega's like, I just want to go home. And so she, op- like, she opens the dump truck and starts dumping shit on Finnick. And Finnick's like, ah! And then she jumps off and, like, lands on a speeder. And then she fucking kills a guy because she grabs the guy out of the speeder and throws him. He dead. And during all this, just to make it even more intense, the police show up. But they're there for, like, ten seconds because Finnick turns around and shoots them. They dead, too. So the police really didn't do anything. And so they're, like, zipping through the city. And it's all crazy. And, and Micah's about to fall off the back of the ship and she's holding on by a strap. And so Hunter runs up, not runs, flies, he's, wait, he's driving, drives up. <laughs> what verb do I use? What are verbs? <laughs> drives up and he grabs a Megan before swoops. she falls. He swoops, swoops up. Swoops a very good word. That, that is the perfect word. Hunter swoops in and grabs a Megan before she falls and dies. But there comes Finnick and she's coming up fast. He's all like, shit. And he's like, we have one bomb left. Thank God that guy wasn't a black market guy because plot and the hunter throws it back and sticks it on a Phoenix uh, speeder thing and explodes. But she jumps to safety and she tucks and roll and she like three point lands as she tucks and roll and, it, and the ship explodes behind her because she's a cool character and she's all banged up but she's alive and she watches hunters fly away. So they all get back to the hangar and Echo's like, look, my plot droid team did things. The ship is ready to fly. And Tech is like, cool, I scrambled our ship, so we'll be safe from now on. And then Wrecker gets back and he's just like, hey guys, I hit my head. That's not going to be a problem in a few episodes. I need a cough. <coughs> ah, that actually worked out well. Um, and so they all get back on the ship and they fly, get on the Marauder. And the Bad Batch fly off to space, and they're safely away from Pantora. And they're all just like, wow, that was a really crazy day. And Hunter was like, that had to be a bounty hunter. Who else would come after us? And Omega's like, what's a bounty hunter? And they explain it, and she's scared. Anyway, Finnick goes back to the shady dark worker, who's just like, don't kill me. And she's like, I'm not, here's some money. If they come back, call me. But she walks outside, and she takes out her comb. And like a cool guy, she's like, the target got away, but I'll find them. And we don't know who she's talking to, except for we've already seen the season, so we know it's the Kaminoans. Dun dun dun! The end! I actually did have to cough, but it just actually worked out just perfectly with one tip of the record going, I have a head injury! <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Act 2? Or Act 3? Whatever. I like the. F- I like F- Fennec in this has style. She's just like, I'm going to kill this guy with his own knife. 
That I, I I thought that was a nice touch. She's like she kills like three people. She throws the speeder well, guy that, that's and immediately turns around got, and like kills the police. Cop killing, civilian killing. I mean that guy's just like your standard, just like I'm just a commuter. Wah! And you know I'm going like, to work. <laughs> then you see how high up they are and you're like, if he's not dead, he's horribly wounded right now. He's going to be in the back-to-tank for, for quite a while, if he can afford back-to-tank on this He's going to be getting mods sometime soon. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. What if that's karma? He has to go get, go get mar- mods. And in 30 years, Finnick must get mods, too. Mm, it's karma. Right. Karma. Speaking of karma, what's really cool is when she parkours down to the ground in that taxi car just like flips over her head and crashes ahead of her, which usually is she does the three point land and it crashes over. And it usually looks really cheesy when they do that. But in, in CGI, it actually looks more realistic than when they do it in a real movie. Yeah. I know. know, Right. And so it's, it's actually cooler than it happens a lot in like car chase movies and superhero movies and stuff like that, you know, but this one's nice because it just it you're not in like usually if it was in a live action, you would have a slow motion of the car tumbling because you're getting the most out of your stunt footage and everything. Mm-hmm. And you would see the car coming towards them and then just sort of curl over them. But this, it just comes out of nowhere. It just comes out of the top of the screen and just crashes ahead of her. And she just is calmly ducking down to avoid it. And it's just it's. That's very funny. well executed and it's just a really neat scene that whole chase like is definitely a homage to one of my favorite sequence like chase sequences in star wars which is in episode two in coruscant mm-hmm. except it's it's more it's tighter to the ground and it's like there's street so- there's street lights and and it's you know it's like through a town like you go it's like looks like you're going through like the bakery in the coffee house district of the town or whatever and there's like a almost like a the the way that the town is lit and colorful it's got a sort of neon look to it it's just really beautiful it, it really like yeah this 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 episode had just a real like it's not only cool visuals but they're cool star wars visuals you know mm-hmm. it's the little the little all the little details add up into putting you in that space you know mm-hmm. and this felt like a lot of times especially when you're in the out out outback regions of of the galaxy they all start feeling like variation tattooing with a little greenery you know uh tattooing with more rocks or you know something like that this this has its own this really has its own distinct place feel to it and i like it yeah very much so i i I think i really got i think what sets us apart from coruscant is we know that coruscant has all the levels and it has the skyscrapers but because everything is like they're they're like five miles in the air in coruscant so it's more like doing dives and stuff this one is just a tight chase yeah and it's like and all it's the building neat because fennec is is outmatched by by omega and hunter the combination of omega and hunter sort of just overpowers her you know and i think it's because like maybe like no buildings more than like what like five stories tall if that yeah. like it's all very low um and that, that's actually kind of like one of my uh notes that you now that you mentioned that um even though that she's outmatched by omega and hunter 
I like that we see Finnick's skills on display because she doesn't overpower Wrecker and Hunter. In fact, like Hunter disarms her and because, you know, he's just physically stronger. But like what she does is she outsmarts the two of them. Um, especially Wrecker, because when you see Wrecker running at her, you see her eyes like dashing around for like an out. And all she does is direct his force. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, she I lucks out. She probably thought that was going to be her first move in their fight, but she got him right on the soft spot in the head. And she was just like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she she turns him head first into a wall. I, th- I think I'm pretty sure that's what she was hoping for. <laughs> but um, I, I like that. Like she doesn't physically overpower them with strength she like you know she outsmarts them and we get to see why she's so good at what she does um <laughs> my my little note and this it reminded me of rebels do you remember the episode of rebels it's i think it's the episode right before kanan dies where they go to the big sand crawler thing with the trandoshans and they all walk in yeah. and there's a guy just like one of the trandoshans it's, it's the seth green one he's just like jamming yeah, out and- to his music and we had a scene of Zeb jamming out to his music too. Mm-hmm. I I love in Star Wars, and we had one here because the guy driving the truck had no idea what the fuck was happening on the back of his truck because he has his headphones on and he's just rocking out. You know, and you know I, what's awesome, Hope? I huh. think I have that music. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, Can there's I... a there, there's definitely a piece of music on here that's just a bunch of little like all the pop songs on it, and it's probably some of the songs you hear at the bar at Rhea Perlman's bar too. But there's a little bit of like star wars synth pop in there so i'll bet yeah i have that song yeah i i love scenes like that um not just in star wars but like in any media just where in general, yeah yeah where there's like some like crazy action it's kind of like the stan lee scene in the spider-man movie where someone's just jamming out to headphones while bullshit's happening in the background that's one of my favorite tropes whenever one of those are in the movies or a tv show i'm just gonna smile because i love that trope um, the only other note I have, which was the one I kind of mentioned that I had in Act 2. I will probably bring this up again in the next Finnick episode. episode. Um, but I could see in future seasons, like season 2 or 3, that they're setting up Finnick to be a long-term ally to the Bad Batch. We see Omega kind of talking with her like, hey, if you're alone... Maybe you should be friends with us. And Finnick, you know, is is playing coy and stuff like that. But we know from the book of Boba Fett that when Boba offered her an allyship, you know, she took it. And maybe not be, like, friends with the Bad Batch, but I could see them becoming allies. Yeah, for Batch. sure. And I feel like it a lot be, of that... It might, it might also, not just because he saved her life, but it also might be, like... Why she's like, I like this Boba Fett guy. I think I'm working for him. Yeah. It, I mean, we could see a lot of the groundwork of Finnick in this season that leads into the book of Boba Fett, especially. I, I think that'd be really interesting because it just feels like there's a lot of like little, a lot of little seeds planted. Even when we get to um, the next episode with Finnick, when Cad Bane shows up too, you know, like she's sent after, sent after, um, what's her name? Omega. Um, but even then, like just some of the way, like how she talks with Omega and like, and, and treats her, um, it's, it's not the same as it, if she was just like being like a cold blood killer and shit like right, that. Like right. it feels like purposeful, like there's some groundwork being laid for a much longer relationship. 
Maybe yeah, and also if she's working for the Kaminoans, they might have told her, you know, like, look, <laughs> be careful yeah, with be her. Nice to her. She's our kid. Yeah, we're, you're bringing back our kid. You're not like, you know, you know, it's not dead or alive. So she might have been just like, hey, I, I'm gonna I have to hang out for the, you know, to this kid. I'm just re- returning her to her quote unquote parents, or you know, where she was bo- originally belonged, or whatever. Or they're trying to like. They probably told her they're well, they probably didn't tell her what they're doing, but like it probably feels more like she's returning them to safety. But also Fennec got a little taste of like, hey, maybe she's where she wants to be, you know, mm-hmm. instead of instead of just she might have thought she was rescuing the kid from a bunch of like marauding freaks, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she, she has no idea that I mean, that's probably what somebody would assume would be you know more than like this kid's fine (laughs) with these guys (laughs) and that's a very normal story trope like we've seen that a lot like where bounty hunters or pirates have a soft spot for kids we saw that with Hondo and Clone Wars when it came to Katuni we see that with Din and like how he treats Grogu like and so like it's not like an unheard of trope you know we see that with Visago and Ezra like you know um, so even though two of those I just named are not bounty hunters, right? but like it, it is a trope that's established and I could see her being allies. So yeah, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the stuff in this episode is very purposeful. For, Especially after Book of Boba Fett too. And but... maybe, and maybe it's not even for Bad Batch. Maybe it's something to set up Omega showing up in the, Mandal- the Mandalorian right. or Book of Boba Fett and then knowing Fennec. You know, like it, it might not be for this show. It might be for a different show. Um, and that's kind of that's that's both the fun and also the headache of canon. <laughs> but that's all I had for this episode. Did you have anything else? No, nope. All right, Chris, score this puppy up. I was going to give it an 8.5, but then I changed my mind and gave it a 9 because Ooh. I gave the last episode an 8.5, and, and this episode has just all those little extra touches. It has all, so many little extra touches that, like, really put you in the in in the place, you know, and, and Darth Buggles. So uh, I'm always I, I you know me, I loved I loved them bringing Jar Jar back just as a sort of fuck you to all the haters and stuff. And Darth, I mean, Bug, I, I legitimately like Jar Jar, too. And I, I really like Buggles, too. So it was good to see him again. But yeah, this this episode was just a little extra, you know, and it could have been just sort of like you know, intru- you know, an episode to introduce Fennec Shan. It could have, it's, it, it has a lot of like, it could have been just like references and stuff, but no, it, it's, yeah, it's, it was, it was just a blast to watch and it was a treat, treat for the eyes. Yeah. It's probably the, like, yeah, it's, this is probably the most beautiful Star Wars episode since Siege of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. I would, I would actually really agree with this. This episode looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, for me, yes, everything you just said, um, I, I'm always here for resistance callback. I am a starving resistance fan. Um, but I, I think it's really well paced. I don't think it's as meaty as the last couple episodes. I I found the last two episodes a little bit more meatier. Um, but I enjoyed this episode, um, a lot. I love the echo stuff, even though it is questionable at times and I would like to see it play out somewhere long term. But I love Finnick being here. I love Buggles. Um, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. 
Mm. Um, it, it maybe if it was like a touch meteor, or if maybe some of the echo stuff had come back later in the season, I might have scored it higher. But at the, at the moment, it just some of these things just feel a little bit underbaked. But I like everything in this episode. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. Before we get into feedback, I have a story to tell you. I see. I know. I know. So it's really funny. Um. Is so, this that story? Is this is actually that story? That story, Chris. Oh, my God. So, um, a lot of times on Friday nights, I help out the guys over at Pink Milk in their chat. And I'll, like, keep an eye on their chat and make sure people's not, like, running a fool in their chat. And so you'll find me there a lot of times on Friday night. And in their episode talking about Star Wars creatures... Um, I had mentioned that I love Lothcats and Tootacats and jokingly said I have well actually a lot of people on the difference between them. And Brian, who has been on the show before, our lovely, beautiful friend Brian with his beautiful kids and husband, um, had asked, oh, Hope, what is the difference between Lothcats and Tootacats? And I had, because it's a chat, I had to type it all out. And so when Brian brought my comment on, up on screen... Guess what voice he gave me, Chris, without knowing it? Really? Really. He went full valley girl and was just like, well, actually, the difference between Loth Cats and TK Cats, and I'm dying on my you're like, because why I've are you never... even actually talking like me? God. And that's the thing. Like, I have never told him that, that when you read my comments, you use that voice for me. He had no clue. And I just lost my mind that he read it off and somehow knew that that was my common voice. Or he listens I, to the show. I well, Maybe he does. I actually don't know. Um, but I just I thought it was so funny because he just was able to somehow know yes. that that was the voice that you used for me and it was just so funny and so yeah if you, if you guys want to go hang out with us on friday nights you can usually find me over in the pink milk chat i mean we might we might have used it might have happened while he was on the show too now that i think about it we might have read it well, well we, no we, we don't do nope. letters when we have guests on the show yeah so we don't do not happen on the show so yeah. um I, I don't know i don't know maybe um maybe he does i actually don't know if Brian i like i like that jesse grabbed it out of the ether story better so let's go with that one yeah i mean i because i had set it up like joking like jokingly like i have well actually a lot of people on the difference between loth cats and tootsie cats so it kind of like sets up like the well uh -huh. actually kind of voice it kind of sets up that feeling so brian i love you i just i just you know so but oh, the what no. but the like the the neck beard voice it's a different thing it's to say it's got the valley girl to it but it's more of like you're all with oh, closer, closer to your fries and mouth voice. breathing and sigh oh, sigh oh, talking gosh, gosh. <laughs> so i just thought it was funny because i this i had just lost my brain i was like how did brian know that chris does that <laughs> it was really funny so yeah this is strong yeah if you want to have fun like check us out for uh check out pink milk friday nights on youtube you know Usually, most most Fridays, you can find me hanging out in the chat. Um. Anyway, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from Facebook for our episode of The Mandalorian, Episode 4, Sanctuary. I, I don't know what this first one means, but I have a suspicion. 
Well, this this uh, this is yeah. I mean, so he says so. Din says if he takes the mask off, he can't put it back on, but he does. This is Mike Zumo saying this, by the way, introducing Mike Zumo. So Din says if he takes the mask off, he can't put it on, but he does. The consequence we have seen so far can't be it. So he's so- saying. He's saying, you know, there's suffering, you know, since he did that, you know, the consequences. And this is post Book of Boba Fett, too. So I think he was yeah. heaping that in there with it, too. OK, but here's, what, what, here's what my I, take on it. What that, if there is no wondering. consequence? Huh? Because that's what I was wondering, because Dan explains in the episode, I can't take it off in front of a living creature. Um, it's different, like, because he eats and stuff. Because he even tells Omera, like, she asked, when was the last time you took off your mask? And he said, yesterday. He's got to he... shave or else he would have hair just growing. Oh, and... Talk about neck beard. Ugh. Or wash, you know, so you don't just have stinky, rotting, dead yeah. flesh in there building so that's up. that's what I wasn't sure about what Mike meant by the consequences we've seen so far. Because he but is he's saying there's a pr- price to pay for breaking the code. But I'm here to say... And there might be, but I'm here to say, what if there isn't? What if his co- what if that whole code is just bullshit? You know, what if the whole I never take mask off thing is just bullshit? And, and I think it you is. Ta- what if what if what if you don't fall off the end of the earth? You know, that sort of thing. I think that's sort of sort of I think where I feel it's going. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, then again, it might drop put him into the you know into the underwater rivers of Mandalore trying to get his, but that maybe that might be part of him finding out it's all bullshit too, or maybe it's not all bullshit. But I mean, we, we kind of talked about that before. I want it about to be bullshit. You want it to be or don't want it to be? I do. I, 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 yeah. I, 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 I want it to be bullshit. I, I think so. Like, I, I, th- I, I, I don't disagree. I, I actually, I, I like it too. Because maybe like, not like prophet, the prophecy angles of it, but you could have a prophet. The thing about having a prophecy is you can have a prophecy come true, not in, in the, you know, it's like a, think. it's like a tricky genie. You can have a prophecy come true in a million different ways that don't seem like the way you thought it was going to and have it still yeah, or like a monkey paw. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Because I, um, I think there's always something also, because we kind of talked about this before, too, that Den's cult is made up of what we are, we have to kind of assume is probably the Maldalorians, you know, like the guys who followed Maul, um, because they were part of Death Watch, and we know that Death Watch split between Bo-Katan and her people, and then what was left of Maul's group, and we know that they're not with Bo-Katan, so it's probably this group. And I, I think we talked about that in episode eight, seven or yeah. eight. I'm wanting to say Wh- whichever one of those had the armorer in it. I, I think, yeah, it was a- yeah. it was episode eight because that's when we get learned Din's background. So I think there is an error of really zealot bullshit baked into this. I do think that there is a real prophecy, but I think that they have definitely taken whole off the whole like helmet thing. And I think the more that Din starts coming into his own and gets away from it, he's going to be like. I don't need this fucking helmet <laughs> and kind of go more like Sabine. So I, I agree with you. I, I, I can't wait. For I'm a famous actor. I want people to see my face. <laughs> people pay for this. But they then pay again, for your face. but then again, I can show up for a season and just do voiceovers. <laughs> As we saw for a lot of season one. So yeah, I, I agree with the whole bullshit angle. So I can do, I can do, I can work on three movies and, and record my lines for the, Mandalorian in the trailer between takes. 
that that's all I had for that. I just I wasn't quite sure what Mike was meaning, so I'm glad you kind of gleaned that from that. And that yeah, that's what I think was that's what I think was going on. And uh, okay. By the way, Mike, thank you for the comment. And the next one is from Lean Gene Hendricks. Wait a second. Hope ships did in O'Mara. Boy, you really need to stop being so subtle about this stuff. Oh, Gene. Wait until we get to season two. And I get to also throw in my Den Cobb Vance ship into this. Because oh, I am I am both <laughs> I'm both team Den you and got, O'Mara. You got I'm a also... little you got a little bit of um Oh, what the hell was that movie? I don't know. I can't quit you movie. The, I... Oh, uh, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback, you got a little Brokeback Mountain going with with uh with the Cowboys. Yeah, but I must say that like I am both a fan of Den and O'Mara. I'm also a fan of Den Cobb, and I'm also a fan of that cute little polycule together of them just raising their kids as a little as, as a little thruple. A nice little thruple of people. Anyway, candy. What are we eating this week? The candy time. We're so gonna it... eat the Eric Trump candy. <laughs> me a message and I was just like pick the candy for this this week Chris he's like it's the one that has Eric Trump on it and I went what? What the hell are you, ta- <laughs> the hell are you talking about sucker? And so, uh, so if you don't know we eat candy every week from our friend Dario Chris's co-podcaster for Eat and Beat It because Chris doesn't like American Kit Kats and this one is the Cote de or the milk chocolate bar from Belgium. And it doesn't actually have Eric Trump on it. But when I saw it, and it has this guy staring very intensely at the uh, at the package, it actually kind of does look like Eric Trump a little bit. Yeah, but he's got a quote of like, you know, some sort of go for it quote on it. So he's probably like a sports guy, but he's also wearing like... We go for gold. Yeah, but he, but the, also the package is gold, and he's wearing like a suit and tie, more outfit than a sports guy. But yeah, yeah, he's just sort of like this weird-looking skinny white guy. All right. Mm. No, it's more solid. I thought it was gonna have like a very like sweet a milk chocolate. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Very sweet gonna... and very milky. I thought it was gonna have something in the center. It's very flavorful, actually. Oh, the longer, there's... it's very sweet, but it has a lot of different. Mm. Mm. It's almost got a malt flavor to it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to put my feet. It's got that. I, I love malt. Malt is sort of, like malted milk balls. It's got that sort of funky, funky milk flavor. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, there's something a little like not. It, it has almost that little bit of that that, that kind of powdered chocolate. Just look at just a touch of it, just the tiniest touch of it. You know what? That this makes would it be? almost s'mores out of these would be delicious. Oh my god! Yes, um, because it has it's almost it's almost dry. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes like when you eat chocolate, it actually has like, it kind of gives a little bit moist in your mouth. This is almost mm-hmm. dry. It's the coach. It's Dale. dry, but it's light. It's got yeah, like, it's not heavy. In it. mm-hmm. Like those, um, oh, uh, the chocolate ice cubes. You ever had those? No. They're just called ice. They're just a piece of chocolate. They're a piece of chocolate with a lot of air in it. Hmm. And they come in a little blue 
package that's sort of shaped like an ice cube, and they say ice cubes, and you just and they'll ju- they just melt. They 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 call them ice cubes because they melt on your mouth. You put them on your mouth, and you can feel them just like yeah, the chocolate cool. just soaks in. I don't know if they make them anymore, but they had them when we were kids. I'm googling this. I've never chocolate ice cubes. Yeah, just put in ice cubes candy. Oh, it's a brand. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I've never had these before. Interesting. Cool. Anyway, that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? I've got nothing. Nothing. Where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our website. Mm. And uh, we have all the podcasts there. Gazillions and gazillions of web of podcasts. You could just listen and listen for years and years and years and years and never hear all our podcasts. And as they come out, you can also... I was about to say, unless you're Gene. <laughs> you can go to... Fa- yeah, but yeah, Gene's listening to him at 16 speed and his brain is like an interdimensional, like quantum computer um and other people don't try to do what gene does because you'll bleed out from both of your ears it's horrifying the best i can do is like 1.2 speed on like 1.25 speed on yeah do do what gene (laughs) says not what gene does that's that's my motto um or you can go to Facebook. We got the Two True Freaks podcast page at face, on Facebook where we post all our shows up in the Two True Freaks cantina where you can talk about them. And the aforementioned Gene, Gene the Twitter machine, runs our Twitter page. Do, being... do, 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 Gene. That you, was said hope. A, you said he was that a was quantum machine. doing it up to so he gets to hear it on normal speed. No, I was making it like a, like a robot because you said he was like quantum speed. Oh, so he is. He, he has that robot brain. So like, do, 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 Gene. You should have just, I mean, op- optimally it would just be to release that like modem sounding shriek sound. <laughs> <laughs> you just, God, you, I hear you that. basically gave Gene's whole auto, like biography in like, in like a half a second burst of of digital noise. I will say, like, that nothing makes me feel... It's kind of weird. There's something so nostalgic about the dial-up sound. Like, I just... There's just that... that like, there's something so nostalgic to me about that sound. Even though it's, like, annoying as fuck. But, like, when I hear that... It, I'm evokes, like, oh. it evokes movies where people are getting ready to, like, you know, like, take over the missile sy- system of America and <laughs> stuff like, eh, we're online. And no, it just, it reminds me, I just, I remember the very first time I heard that sound. We were in um, my childhood home. I remember we were, our, our dining room had become the computer room, and the computer was this massive fucking thing, and my mom and my sister were there, and I was watching, like, something amazing about to happen, and they were like, we did it! And I was like, what happened? I don't understand. I'm gonna go watch Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I discovered 
Fit, Before like, you knew it, you, yeah, you had no idea that that was the ultimate Sailor Moon machine, right? I there. did not know that GeoCity websites existed for me. All oh, the old days when you could just like download songs and whole episodes to your computer. It took four hours to do it, like, the, and like then you had Napster. Four hours is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we'd have Napster too. Ugh. In a turn of events, Napster actually pays musical artists more than any other streaming platform. Yeah, it's funny. Well, <laughs> that's that's the thing Fuck is, it. it's not it's not really well. I mean, Napster's a whole different. It's bought by somebody different. But Napster before, like that's the thing is, I don't. St- I still think they don't understand that Napster did more more for music than than. Yeah, Metallica. That yeah yeah Metallica. Ugh. <laughs> that whole thing that but between that and the documentary uh some kind of monster about the making of their one album what just made me go like well i hate metallica i just hate them they're a bunch of slugs except for lars ulrich's dad is cool he's like a scandinavian like nor he's like from norway or something and he looks like a little he looks like a he looks like a young Gandalf, you know, he's got his scrawny old guy with long beard and he's an old hippie guy and he like listens to their music goes, I like this song, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, okay, Lars Ulrich's dad's okay. Lars Ulrich in the toilet with Lars Ulrich. Fuck, fuck Ulrich. Falk, Falk Rick, that's what I'm going to call him. Fuck Rick. Anyway, where can they find you, Hope? I was like, how is he going to segue out of this? (laughs) I'm just going to fucking bounce right off it and go walk away from it. Walk it off. You can find us at Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also follow me at Hope Molinex. I also work... Oh, excuse me. I also work for the Geeky Waffles. Um, You can find all my reviews over there. Um, I'm currently doing my Owl House and Amphibia reviews. And you can also hear me occasionally on Space Waffles, which is hosted by my friend Arzu Amin, who I'm seeing in a couple weeks at 221BCon, and I'm very excited about that. And uh, that's where that's the Star Wars show, so sometimes you can hear me over there, sometimes you can hear me on their uh, straight-to-DVD Disney series called Straight Out of Home Video, sometimes you can hear me straight on the Geeky Waffle podcast. I, I'm just sort of, if you go over to Geeky Waffles, you can see me pop up here and there, and yeah. So you know what's interesting about next week that I just realized? What? So next week's episode is the episode where they find the baby Rancor and Omega rides the baby Rancor. Oh, Moochie. And what just happened in the finale yeah. of Book of Boba Fett is yeah. Boba Fett rides a Rancor. And I didn't, I, I just put two and two together as I was pulling up the episode title. And so that's going to be interesting looking at again. Yeah, from that perspective now. Yeah, yeah. So come back next week, guys, where we'll be talking Rancors, because we'll be talking about the fifth episode of The Bad Batch called Rampage. Bip Fortuna is in this episode, too. I forgot about that. So, uh, you know, in the future, Omega's brother is going to murder him. So it's fun. We have fun here. All right, bye, guys. All right, bye, everybody. Here's a little bonus for you, Gene. Here's Lord of the Rings. I was just transmitting Lord of the Rings through digital. (laughs) Chapter one. Okay. Okay. Bye. (laughs)
Bye. Everyone. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Roger, roger.